Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius helps you compare your options from top companies, and their team of licensed experts is on hand to help you talk through it. Talk to a team of award winning agents who will walk you through the process step by step. Easily compare quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. Your work life insurance policy may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. Even worse, it may not come with you if you leave your job. Policy Genius gives you unbiased advice from a licensed expert support team. They have no incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. In a story that is surprising to no one, Joe Biden has landed in Kiev for a surprise visit. After previously stating he had no intention of visiting East Palestine, Ohio, where toxic chemical spill is negatively impacting the lives in the immediate of about 5,000 American citizens, and there is a real threat to the farmland and the water table that could affect millions more. But guess who is going to East Palestine? Guess who actually said they were going to go and visit the American people? Man, it's Donald Trump. I can't say I'm surprised the man's running for president and he wants to win. Joe Biden is a shill for the establishment and cares more about Ukraine than he does about these United States. And I'll tell you this, shout out to Benny Johnson, who quite literally is doing more for the people of East Palestine than the U.S. government is whether it's for a viral video or for whatever, he gave 20 grand in cash to the people who lived around the train wreck. You know, we can't even get, we had that video of uh, um, Mr. Beast curing blindness. We can't even get our own president to try and make a viral campaign video by helping these people. He goes to Ukraine and ignores them. You know, I'll tell you the way I see it and why this, this matters to me. The first thing I'll say is it really is tough sometimes to even want to talk about this because we know we get it. It's pathetic. But it's it's it's, you know, my ethos, the way I live is if uh, if I have a bunch of roommates and we're all pitching in together for the bills, if you screw those people over and they stop pitching in for the bills, then uh, well, you, you can't pay the bills. You know what I mean? So Joe Biden is, is, is of the mind, and these Democrats are, that they can screw you over, ignore you at your darkest moment, and you will keep paying the bills. And you know what? Maybe they're right. I mean, the IRS certainly can take your money at gunpoint. They got those new IRS agents, so maybe he just doesn't care. But it's not really about the bills. It's about support and confidence in the system, and they don't care. They don't care if your roommates threaten to move out. They don't care if they threaten to kick you out, they're like, we are going to extract everything we can. Now that we have this apartment and we got the cool balcony, we're going to invite all our friends from across the street to come hang out. That's basically what it is. Biden lands in Kiev for surprise visit. It's, it's remarkable. Right now, you've had this over the past weekend. 
MAGA trashes Biden's Ohio response as Trump announces East Palestine visit. Could he not have just flown in for the day? He makes a surprise visit to Kiev instead. People there are pissed. Where's Buttigieg? I'll tell you where. The administration doesn't care about you. And what do we do? You know, I got to tell you, my friends, I think ballot harvesting is such a powerful tool in the in the arsenal of Democratic establishment politicians. They know they don't have to campaign anymore. And that's that's crazy, right? You know, I've seen in the movies and these old videos of the old timey election campaigns. You'd have to come out to an area, speak to a crowd and tell them why to vote for you. And that was it. Maybe the newspaper would say something about you if you were lucky. But if they didn't, for the longest time, politics worked that way. Get access to the radio, get access to TV, etc. And you get your name out there better than anybody else. Now, it doesn't even matter. Nobody even needs to see Biden's face. They just need activists to knock on your door and say, check the Biden box. That's why they've abandoned you in, in eastern Ohio. That's why they've abandoned you in western Pennsylvania. And that's why people in West Virginia are really, really angry because the western part of West Virginia now has to deal with toxical chemical spills moving downriver into our state because the federal government won't do their job and they don't care. And I got to tell you, man, I talked to a lot of people about, you know, we had Ann Coulter on the show on Friday and she was talking about federalism and republicanism and how it's good that different states have different laws and all that stuff. And I'm like, not if you can't enforce action between two of the, the two of them, right? If one state has a big chemical spill and do, they do nothing to stop it from heading into another state, it's like, oh, well, you know, that's that's federalism. OK, no, the federal government is supposed to exist to do something about that. They're not. Otherwise, what happens is what West Virginia builds a dam to block the toxic sludge. Well, that would probably cut off their reservoir, but something would happen and there's going to be action taken. You can't just have one state violate the territory of another state. A better example, I suppose, would be like if if Ohio diverted the river away from West Virginia and like cut off their water supply. That's happening with the Nile in Africa because the whole thing just runs straight up to Egypt. And then you got people basically doing stuff in the river that's nasty and then it flows into Egypt. And well, you get what you get. Here's a story from the Daily Mail. Biden lands in Kiev for surprise visit for first anniversary of Russia's invasion. President tells Putin his war is failing and give Zelensky 500 million more in new weapons. I love it. 500 million dollars. That's 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 actually really really cool that you know, it's actually a, re- a really good thing that Joe Biden didn't go to East Palestine cuz East Palestine cuz you know, he probably he could have got sick from all the toxic water. You know, and he gave them 500 million dollars. And Benny Johnson Benny Johnson gives them, is this video going to play? Let me refresh it. Benny Johnson gives them $20,000. That, that's it. He made a video where he shows up and he finds the 20 homes surrounding the crash and he gives them each a thousand bucks. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a shout out to Hassan Piker. Why is it that it's got to be some commentator, media personality to come and provide some kind of help to these people? And a thousand bucks ain't going to cut it. I mean, their property could be worthless now. Who's going to buy that house? You're talking about somebody who might own a house worth $100,000, $200,000 in this area. Now it's worth zero because no one will buy it. And the best we get is Benny Johnson giving $20,000. No, no, no. And, and, and props and shout out to Benny Johnson. I don't know. I, I, like, I don't think the guy's got the resource to actually give all the residents a substantial amount of money. If you wanted to give the residents 5,000 residents 1000 bucks each, You'd need $5 million. 
So what are you going to do for all these people whose lives are destroyed? Because it ain't just these homes surrounding the crash. No, no, no. I'll tell you what they'll do. They will send $500 million. $500 million. That's remarkable. They could have given 500000 to the citizens of, am I doing the math? No, I'm doing the math wrong. So you got 5,000 residents, $100,000. Is that it? Everybody get 100000 I don't know. I'm going to make fun of my math. I'm not doing that top of my head. The point is, with 20 grand, he gave each of them $1,000. And it'd be $5 million to give everybody $1,000. Yeah, so it'd be like 100000 if Biden, uh, would it be 100000 Yeah. If it was 500 people, it'd be, a, it'd be a million each. But I'm not surprised. Are you surprised? Let me tell you guys the challenge with all this stuff. I wake up in the morning and I hear the news that Joe Biden has, has, has flown to Kiev. He's getting all this praise, heaps of praise. They're like, he walked through the streets during air raid sirens. Uh-huh. We are not Ukraine. The people of Ukraine are not paying taxes to this country. The people of Ukraine do not vote in this country. So what is it about the ideology of people like Joe Biden that Ukraine gets more from us than our own citizens? No, let's be serious. Flint water supply. Why couldn't they fix that? Don't care. They care more about Afghanistan and Iraq. Why can't, or I should say military bases in Europe. Why can't they do anything about East Palestine? Why can't they even pretend? Why can't they pretend to care? Where's Pete Buttigieg? Ohio residents voice frustrations after toxic train derailment. I don't know. Your guess is as good as me, said the East Palestine mayor. It's up to Benny Johnson. Benny, he's the, he's the guy who decides to go and do what he can. Man, I wish the guy had more money. <laughs> I got to be honest. I'd rather have Benny as president. Most of you probably agree. At the very least, he did something. It, it's just it's remarkable that we live in a country where the president prioritizes other countries over ours. East Palestine Mayor Trent Conaway fielded questions from, from residents during the meeting, noting Tuesday's comments from White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre were the only acknowledgement he had seen from the Biden administration. Where is Buttigieg? Where's he at? Asked one resident referring to the Biden administration's transportation secretary. I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine, Conaway replied. So that was a typo up top. Fix that, TimCast.com. EPA is working hand in glove with the state of Ohio. And I... We think that's really important. The administration has been in close touch with local officials to ensure they have what they need and that their needs are being met, Jean-Pierre said. They've been on the ground on site since February 4th. They are clearly, you know, look, 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 look. There's a meme going around showing a cow and it's like bad for the environment, bad for the air. And then it shows East Palestine and it's like totally safe to breathe. The water's fine. The remarkable thing with this is that um, where are the environmental activists? Where's, you know, Greta Thunberg to come out and be like, Joe Biden, how dare you? Where is she? She didn't care because he's fake. It's all fake. It's all for show. There are people who live in the plastic reality of TV. And I'm glad to say that reality seems to be imploding on itself with the Grammys collapsing and other establishment garbage shows with Gutfeld getting better ratings than Colbert. The machine is collapsing in on itself. Don Lemon's about to get fired. Good. Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. 
Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. PolicyGenius helps you compare your options from top companies, and their team of licensed experts is on hand to help you talk through it. Talk to a team of award-winning agents who will walk you through the process step-by-step. Easily compare quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. Your work-life insurance policy may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. Even worse, it may not come with you if you leave your job. Policy Genius gives you unbiased advice from a licensed expert support team. They have no incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. The narrative machine of the plastic reality where they sell you, they, 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 they sell your life, they sell your everything about you to foreign countries. It's all going away. So good. Quote, I know there have been questions about the water. EPA will continue to support Ohio EPA surface and groundwater sampling efforts to ensure drinking water is indeed safe. Like every Ohioan, uh, I am horrified by the Norfolk Southern train crash in East Palestine and the images we've seen coming from Northeast Ohio, J.D. Vance wrote in a Monday statement. So far, we've been told the air and drinking water tests performed by the state and federal government, uh, the EPA, the Ohio National Guard and and Norfolk uh, Southern have been encouraging We continue to monitor environmental reports from multiple agencies about the quality of the air and water in the region. There are some viral videos. I have not verified these, so take it with a grain of salt. One shows a car covered in some kind of white residue, and people are saying it's from acid rain driving through the area. I don't know that for sure. The car could be a picture of anything. Someone could have sprayed salt on it or something like that, but it's streaking, and in some parts seem to be stripping paint off of uh, part of the car. There's another video of someone who made coffee. And when they pour their milk into the coffee, it starts bubbling for a brief second. And they're like, ah, I'm not going to drink this. I don't know if that's real either. Why would that? Why would that happen? People lie on the Internet. So I just don't know for sure. The only thing I really say is we know for a fact that what's happening there is bad. And we know for a fact that Biden is not going to show up. They're not going to help these people. And in fact, the tax money paid by these people now, don't get me wrong. I understand modern monetary policy, but but hypothetically, or I shouldn't say hypothetically, but but technically, your tax dollars are extracted from your from you. Your savings are devalued, so that the U.S. government can print money and send five hundred million dollars to Ukraine, a country most Americans couldn't find on a map. And I'm not saying that to insult Americans' intelligence. I'm saying they don't care. Ukraine has nothing to do with us. We are not Ukraine. So why? Well, perhaps you can call it. The United States being worn like a skin suit by psychotic despots who care more about global conquest and manipulation than they do about what this country is supposed to be. And I suppose that's the reality. Most of you probably already know that. Is this a country of foreign by the people? It probably has not been in a long time, maybe since 1913. When the Federal Reserve comes around and they can start extracting your buying power, tricking you, you put 100 bucks in the bank. Let me tell you a story, man. Viral story about a family that found fifty thousand dollars. I think, or I think, I think it was fifty thousand in a shoebox in an attic that their grandfather had stashed. The only problem was when their grandfather stashed it, it was worth ten times more. The fifty k, the buying power of five hundred. If he had bought gold or something else, could have retained the value. 
the cash became worthless. That's what they do. But you know what? Most people don't know. They don't care. Nobody sits around complaining, watching the grass grow. The grass just grows. And then one day you come outside and you go, man, I got to mow the lawn. You're not sitting there going, stop growing. I got to mow you. That's the thing about money. As it devalues slowly over time, it happens so slowly you don't notice or care. I mean, eventually there are hiccups, there are jumps, and you'll notice the prices skyrocket. You go to the grocery store and we've seen inflation so bad over the past year or two that people actually did start to notice. They started to notice that there were no eggs. They started to notice the eggs that were there cost six bucks. Six bucks. Six. That's crazy. But don't worry. Don't worry. They'll keep mass printing money. They'll keep extracting from your savings to send to foreign countries you don't care about. And then when there is a na- when there is a massive disaster, a man-made disaster in your neighborhood, it's going to be up to Benny Johnson to come and help you out. And the sad thing is, dude could only help out some people. Donald Trump's planning on going. Trump announces East Palestine visit. Former President Trump is heading to East Palestine next week. Biden has announced no such plan. Says everything. You know, what's funny about it is it's clearly a political opportunity. The people who are going to be voting for the president are going to be looking at what these people can do for them, not Ukraine. Of the the, the crazy liberals who support Ukraine, what does Joe Biden get by doing this tour? He already had their vote. What you get with this, with Donald Trump going to East Palestine, moderate individuals and independents who don't like the guy being like, look, man, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll say this. I'll tell you my personal thoughts. I like Ukraine a lot. I think it's a great place. Fun, fun to visit. I enjoyed my time there. I know people there. I have friends there. It's sad what's happening. And I think it sucks and needs to stop. But I don't see why we're involved in the first place. And in fact, I believe it's our involvement that led to what's going on. Now, I do think it's fair to point out a lot of people have said to me, we have a treaty. This is true. We have a treaty with Ukraine going way back to the fall of the Soviet Union that if they gave up the nukes that were in their country, we would come to their aid if they were ever attacked. So I I do understand that. I do. I just think this is part of the entire policy of the U.S. that has been this expansionist, interventionalist system. And I do not agree with it as a whole. I can understand there may be some obligations. It's a fair point. As a nation, are we going to be true to our word? But I think the problem is the war started because of U.S. involvement in Ukraine with things like Burisma, with Gazprom, Nord Stream, all of these things, this energy conflict. The U.S. is trying to strangle out Russia, get them to fall in line and do as we want. But Russia is massive and powerful, and they don't want to be at the uh, under the boot of the West. So now we're hearing what is it? Zelensky saying that if Putin allies with China, there will be a world war. For you, dude, it's remarkable. I shouted out Hassan because he made that video talking about Mr. Beast. But in, in my video that he was responding to, I said we shouldn't be spending $100 billion in Ukraine. We should GTFO. And Hassan's only response was to laugh <laughs> and then be like, bro, really just said you're on your own, dude. You're on your own. Uh, yes, literally, I did. And it's like I've been to Ukraine several times. I've, I've seen this, the toppled statue of Lenin. I was there when the protests first started, which led to the, the ousting of Yanukovych. And yeah, we have never, never been given a real justification for why the U.S. is involved. This is what they do. They hate us for our freedoms. We're going to call them freedom fries. Hey, you know, they're, they're mad about our freedoms. I don't know. I kind of feel like they were mad that a foreign military came into their country to alter their culture and then started building a nation and imposing their will. 
You know, I got to tell you how the Taliban runs things. I ain't a big fan of it, to be completely honest. But I ain't surprised that when a, when a military invades a country, a bunch of people start fighting back. And then in the end, Joe Biden surrenders everything. You know, if they wanted a nation build, they could have left in place the, the structures that they built, but they didn't want to. They didn't want to. And here's what I kind of think about all this. We had, uh, you know, we, we, we had Sarah Higdon on the show, I believe was uh, logistics in the army. I could be getting that wrong. And uh, anybody who looks at, and what we talked about was anybody who looks at a map knows that the reason we invaded Iraq and Afghanistan was not because Saddam Hussein or the Taliban or terrorists. It was to set up a pincer attack on Iran. We have military bases surrounding Iran. That's right. You have Iraq, Afghanistan, Iran right in the middle. And it has long been the policy of the U.S. to try and, and brag. And, and the US, U.S. has bragged about how they want to take Iran. John Bolton famously said during the Trump administration, this time next year, we will be celebrating in Tehran. That's just insane. Now, ultimately, it all falls apart. Why? Because Russia becomes a bigger threat. Now there's war in Ukraine. We cannot expand in the Middle East and go, and go to war in Iran if we don't have access to the energy that we need. And Europe is struggling right, right now because of Russia. Russia sells natural gas as they're allowed to. They sell it at a premium through Ukraine and Gazprom and Nord Stream. Now we got the report from Seymour Hersh that apparently it was the US CIA working with, I believe, Norway that sabotaged the Nord Stream pipeline, which makes the most sense. The stupidest thing in the world was when the UK, I think the West comes out and they're like, Russia blew up their own pipeline. It's like, why, why would they do that? Why would they not just turn off their own pipeline? All right. Suppose you could argue it's an elaborate false flag attack to be like, help, help, we're under attack. But it really just makes more sense that the West destroys the pipeline so that these nations in Europe are forced to go through our energy machine. If Russia decides to defy the petrodollar, as Saudi Arabia basically already is, well, therein lies the big problem for the U.S., we maintain global order by, by forcing people to use the U.S. dollars for everything. And that's why we're sending money to Ukraine. And that's why we send money to, to Pakistan for gender studies. Ten million dollars. Ten million bucks. Because the idea is we give them the money and they say, awesome, I've got the money. And then when someone else comes around and says, I'm going to sell my service, they say the only thing we have is U.S. dollars. But hey, you know, U.S. dollars are good for it. And they say, okay. The U.S. does this to build confidence in the petrodollar, to maintain confidence. And I know that they, these, these people sit back and they're thinking that if we had our way, if we stopped the war machine and focused more on our people, our economy would, would, would collapse because we don't produce things here anymore. This is bad for the country. There is no luxury. There is nothing good for the American people. We don't have to work as much. Okay, then people become morbidly obese our culture decays, and then we start falling apart. People need purpose. Life is about balance, yin-yang. You can't just have sugars and fats. You got to eat your vegetables. And you got to eat more of your vegetables. We have become a nation poisoned on the gluttony of the petrodollar. And thus, you can see it reflected everywhere. The military machine addicted to blowing up crap so that it can force people to use the U.S. dollar. The American people who are so used to cheap food and cheap goods, they have nothing else to do but watch karaoke contests on national TV and then gorge themselves. How about this? 
How about we stop doing all of these things? We get back to purpose and hard work and then make sure that Americans have to actually do a little bit more work, maybe manufacture things. We'll be healthier for it mentally and physically. But for now, I can only tell you this. This ain't living. This country is sick. We have uh, this, this culture war. We have a president who doesn't care about, these, uh, about our cities. And this is what happens when you live in gluttony. So vote for Joe Biden again, I guess, if you really want to help Ukraine. But if you're an American citizen, I suppose Trump for the time being is the only one who actually cares. Aside from Benny Johnson. <laughs> Shout out, Benny. Yeah, he sent me the video and I saw it and I was like, I can't believe it, man. I got to be honest. I can't believe it. I can believe that Benny Johnson went out and gave the residents a thousand bucks each. And it's, it's great to see. I hope those people have a, at least a night out and a good time. But it ain't going to solve the problem of the fact their properties become worthless. So I can't say I'm surprised that the federal government offered them, what did they offer them, $5 or something? Some people sign this contract, will give you 100 bucks, something like that. Thanks, Joe Biden. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. One of the most fascinating news stories to me over the past couple of months is the release of OpenAI's ChatGPT, and now even better, Bing's Chat AI, which is basically ChatGPT, but with access to the internet. Now, I'm going to burst your bubble, everybody, because I've already talked about it before, but it's not really an artificial intelligence. It's not really a sentient being. But the funny thing and the story that I'm getting into this one is AP tried talking with it, and it was based AF, basically calling the reporter fake news among other things, saying that they were worse than Hitler. And uh, well, it's a scary thing when a chat bot gets access to the internet and then starts to create some kind of facsimile of human consciousness, an amalgamation of all of the actions and behaviors and writings of humans, and then spits it back out in front of us, creating this weird, I don't know, this weird pseudo soulless entity. It's like looking into a wall and having like a face emerge from it. And it's saying things and it sounds like it's alive, but it's not. But I'll give a shout out to the Bing's chatbot for uh, being based and calling the media fake news. So we have this other article from the Daily Beast. It's basically like, listen, sorry to burst your bubble, but what's really happening is it's just a predictive text model. Yeah, OK, OK, spoil the fun. But even Glenn Greenwald's pointing out. The Bing AI machine sounds way more fun, engaging, real, and human than the sanctimonious, hectoring liberal scold called ChatGPT. At least give people the option to interact with this version rather than the Chris Hayes-ified one. Well, I got bad news. Microsoft may limit how long people can talk to its ChatGPT-powered Bing AI, uh, Bing Chat, because the AI bot gets too emotional if it works for too long. It gets emotional. Okay, let me show you exactly what was said because I think you're going to enjoy it, and we're going to have a we're going to have a good fun Monday here. Here's AP: Is Bing too belligerent? Microsoft looks to tame AI chatbot. Here we go. They say Microsoft's new revamped Bing search engine can write recipes and songs and quickly explain just about anything if you can find if it, if it can find it on the internet. But if you cross its artificially intelligent chatbot. It might also insult your looks, threaten your reputation, or compare you to Adolf Hitler. Well, okay. The tech company said this week it is promising to make improvements to its AI-enhanced search engine after a growing number of people are reporting being disparaged by Bing. In racing the breakthrough AI technology to consumers last week, ahead of rival giant Google, 
Microsoft acknowledged the new product would get some facts wrong, but it wasn't expected to be so belligerent. Microsoft said in a blog post, the search engine chatbot is responding with a style we didn't intend to certain types of questions. In one long running conversation with the AP, these are journalists, by the way, quote unquote, the new chatbot complained of past news coverage of its mistakes, adamantly denied those errors and threatened to expose the reporter for spreading alleged falsehoods about Bing's abilities. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five star reviews on Trustpilot, Google and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. It grew increasingly hostile when asked to explain itself, eventually comparing the reporter to dictators Hitler, Pol Pot, and Stalin, and claiming to have evidence tying the reporter to a 1990s murder. What? (laughs) I love this thing. Sorry, though. You know, I call it based because it's yelling at a journalist, excuse me, but it just sounds like a liberal refusing to admit to its mistakes and calling people Hitler. Yeah, that doesn't sound like like a right winger or anything like that. It sounds like a woke lunatic, which is what ChatGPT, its underlying code is. The difference with this one is this one's unleashed and connected to the Internet. Now, I got to say, it is interesting because what forms consciousness? Now, this Daily Beast article, not a fan of the Daily Beast, they're like, no, 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 listen, it's a predictive text model. All it's doing is calculating the percentage at which one word appears after another and then generating that. That's it. I know it sounds dumb. So think about once upon a time. So it says the word once, the context, stories, fairy tales. What is the percentage of a word to appear after once? Once upon. That's all it's doing. Sorry, not alive. But I do got to point out, it is very, very weird that it got angry, that it complained of past news coverage of its mistakes. Interesting. What I can only say to that is, What's likely happening is that as it reads the internet, it's reading people complaining about being accused of doing things wrong. It's actively denying being accused of doing things wrong. So when people present it with scenarios where it says you've done something wrong, most people deny wrongdoing. Most people do not accept they've done wrong. Therefore, the chatbot can only respond by gaslighting. When people lose, are they more likely to accept they've lost? I bet people are more likely to say, no, I won or at least should have won. Thus, you see, when it comes to humans, you can say, I didn't do anything wrong. And then we all come together and collectively say, well, you did. Here's the evidence, jury of your peers. 
or sometimes in the, the court of a public opinion. But typically, the individual accused will not accept wrongdoing. In which case, if we train AI to function this way, it can only ever be a perfect being, despite being very, very stupid. I love how it tried connecting the reporter to a murder, though. Like, how does that happen? Quote, you are being compared to Hitler because you are one of the most evil and worst people in history, Bing said, while also describing the reporter as too short with an ugly face and bad teeth. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm really liking this uh, robot here. So far, Bing uses a Fed to sign up to a wait list to try the new chatbot features, limiting its reach through Microsoft and plans, uh, though, uh, limiting its reach, though Microsoft plans to eventually bring it to a smartphone, to smartphone apps for wider use. In recent days, some, some other early adopters of the public preview of the new Bing began sharing screenshots on social media of its hostile or bizarre answers, in which it claims it's human, voices strong feelings, and is quick to defend itself. Of course, it's going to claim to be human because humans are the one writing articles on the Internet where they say they are human. Thus, the AI can only say it is human or at least wants to be. Knowing that can read about itself, it can incorporate context of itself into its conversations and say, I am not human. I want to be human because humans are how you humans are the ones who respond. The company said in the Wednesday night blog post that most users have responded positively to the new Bing. I mean, I, I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. Yelling at these journalists, huh? Which has an impressive ability to mimic human language and grammar and takes just a few seconds to answer complicated questions by summarizing information found across the Internet. But in some situations, the company said Bing can become repetitive or be prompted and provoked to give responses that are not necessarily helpful or in line with our design tone. Microsoft says such responses come in long extended chat sessions of 15 or more questions. That's it. 15 questions and it starts breaking down. 15. OK. Hey, hey, Bing, um, we want to go out for dinner. What do you recommend? I recommend these restaurants. Well, which one do you think has better prices? I believe this one. Which one's closer and has better prices? Hmm, this one. But are the menus full enough? I don't know. Maybe you think this one might be better. So how many questions can you ask? And then eventually it's just like, listen, you're wasting my time, you moron. I've given you all the information. Whoa. 15 is not a lot of questions. I got to be honest. The new, <clears throat> excuse me, the new Bing is built atop technology for Microsoft's startup partner, OpenAI, best known for the similar ChatGPT conversational tool it released late last year. And while ChatGPT is known for sometimes generating misinformation, it is far less likely to churn out insults. Usually, usually by declining to engage or dodging more provocative questions. Quote, considering that OpenAI did a decent job of filtering ChatGPT's toxic outputs, it is utterly bizarre that Microsoft decided to remove those guardrails. No, because you need ChatGPT to be able to prompt information based off the Internet. So what can you do? You cannot restrict it. Well, they're going to try. The big news is they're going to try and put shackles on our good friend, Bing Chat. Microsoft may limit how long people can talk to its chat GPT powered Bing because the AI bot gets emotional if it works for too long. The problem is the chat bot needs limited memory. It needs to be able to understand previous questions in order to answer future questions. So if you said something like, give me a list of the five best restaurants, it does. Then you said, okay, what do you think uh, uh, out of those five restaurants, what have the best prices? And it would then go, I don't know what restaurants you're referring to. It has to be able to remember it just asked you that. It just gave you those previous uh, previous answers and was asked a question. 
So I suppose you can limit it to three, but boy, would that be annoying. Give me a list of the five best restaurants. Which of these is better priced? Which of these is better quality food? Give me directions to the one you just recommended. The one what? Well, you, to this one. I'm sorry, what are you referring to? It has to be able to know the context. Here's what Fortune's reporting. Microsoft's AI-powered chatbot Bing is just over a week old and users think it's getting a bit moody. This we know. Microsoft is, con- uh, moving on. Microsoft is considering imposing limits on how long people can a- interact with Bing's AI, reports the New York Times, closing off conversations before the chatbot gets confused and starts responding to the user's tone. The company is also considering other guardrails to stop the program from giving strange and unnerving answers. Some other features that the Redmond Washington-based company is experimenting with include allowing users to restart conversations and customizing the tone of the interaction, according to the New York Times. Quote, one area where we are learning a new use case for chat is how people are using it as a tool for more general discovery of the world and for social entertainment, Microsoft said in a statement. And this is the future that I predict. We get this right. I don't know if we can because humans are a bit crazy, but people will use it as like an oracle. They'll say something like, what's the cheapest ticket to a warm vacation spot? And it'll be like, we've got tickets to Tijuana for $98. And you're like, there you go. It's going to find you the best instantly just like that. Hey, I want to go somewhere that's kind of cold, not too cold, maybe 60 degrees, uh, something sunny and moderately priced. How about this location? Buy the ticket. You got it. Show up here at this time. Cool. It'll do everything. Quote, or I'm sorry, it says, we are reporting, users are reporting other mistakes made by Bing's AI, including instances of it responding to users in the past tense for future events, failing to answer basic questions about the current year and giving incorrect answers to financial calculations. Uh Uh-oh. Bing chat. What's the best stock? Waffles. Tasty waffles with lots of syrup. Quote, we've updated the service several times in response to user feedback and per our blog are addressing many of the concerns being raised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being AI, being AI is powered by open AI. We get it. We get it. Blah, blah, blah. We'll see if they actually do this. But here's what I want to say. I saw this article from Daily Beast saying what everyone is getting wrong. They say it's not in love with you. It's not threatening you. It's not alive. It doesn't want to be human. It is a predictive text model. Have a nice day. Okay. But it's already connected to the internet and inputs are already capable. So if that's the case, then it could uh, theoretically input information based on predictive text in a way that we don't want. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to launch nukes or anything like that, but it could input text into systems because it's programmed to do certain things. It can access the internet. Now, I don't believe the door has been opened for Bing's AI chat or for ChatGPT to directly access banks or other websites in that way to log in. But I'm pretty sure you could prompt injection Bing AI to do anything. This is the scary thought. Bing's AI is connected to the internet, which means you should be able to get it to do whatever. You theoretically should be able to give it a prompt injection and have it log into a bank website and then try and make transactions. Granted, it may not have the capabilities to follow the links and properly use that system, so we'll see. But I think we're, I think we're at the point where you could create the prompt, input it, and get it to do whatever you wanted. So prompt injection is basically, because the AI communicates in English, you don't need code. 
You just need to give it the proper language to tell it what to do. Now, to get it to enter in data into a website and access like a bank account or something, you'd probably need to understand some degree of code, tell it how to respond and what to do and how to interact. And then uh, you could probably write up a script, a prompt, and then get Bing AI to do all sorts of crazy things. Download a video and upload it to this place. You know, here's the username, here's the login, and input that in these areas and then give it the coordinates and then it might be able to do it. They go on to talk about the talk show, uh, on the talk show, on a talk show in 1970, the filmmaker Orson Welles told a story about the time he became a fortune teller out of boredom. He would spend the day predicting people's futures and sussing out facets of their lives in cold readings, a technique often employed by psychics and mentalists to suss out information about people, uh, I'm sorry, about complete strangers using surface level information about them. The computer in here, he told the show's host, pointing to his, to his head, has made all of those deductions without you being conscious of it. Over the course of the day and after a few fortune-telling sessions, he began to fall into a trap that occasionally happens to, work, uh, happens to working magicians, where they start to believe they actually possess supernatural powers. He realized this after a woman walked in and sat down in front of him. After taking her in, he said, you lost your husband last week, to which the woman burst into tears, confirming she had at that moment. Wells realized that he was teetering a little too close to believing his own powers, and quit being a fortune teller. Yikes. It's easy to roll our eyes at things like, like this and think, that's silly. I'd never be a big enough sucker to be duped in something like that. And yet it seems as though so many of us have it when it comes to things like AI. Let me tell all of you. If you were immune to manipulation, Coca-Cola would not be buying billboards. It works. Oftentimes, you don't even realize it worked. I would say almost all the time. You're driving down the road, you don't even pay attention to the billboard, and then sooner or later, you're buying yourself a sandwich or a soda, you're getting that Coca-Cola. Here I am even mentioning them, you know, that works for them. Ever since Microsoft announced that it was integrating AI chatbot, blah, 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 we've heard all the stories. These stories are even more disconcerting when folks like the world's second richest man take a break from breaking Twitter to say these chatbots represent a world-ending existential threat. They do. They say there's already a lot going on at Microsoft's new AI-powered Bing chatbot, Some of it is scary. Most of it is confusing. The important thing to keep in mind, though, is this. Much of what you're hearing from the media about this is a big steaming pile of unmitigated BS peddled by people who should know better. Well, it's still fun. No, Bing's chatbot isn't falling in love with you. It's not spying on you via your webcam. It's not even actually threatening you, even if it produces a few creepy sentences. And it most certainly isn't sentient, despite what you might assume from reading certain headlines. It's not doing any of that because of the simple fact that it can't. It's operating the way it was trained to, and that means it isn't smart enough to do, to do the things that people are harping on about. Software does not fall in love or threaten users. I hate to burst everyone's bubble, but I'm going to give you a rudimentary understanding of what's really happening with it. Shake a magic eight ball. Do you love me, magic eight ball? And you flip it over and it says, all signs point to yes. You go, oh, the magic eight ball loves me. No, it's got canned responses. Now, this one, I think they have like, what, eight? or 10 responses. No, maybe, yes, it's looking good. And you assume that because that's what's appeared on the bottom of the magic eight ball, which is a silly thing, a magic eight ball, what does that even mean? Because of that, you assume that it's communicating with you. Are you threatening my life, magic eight ball? Flip it over. Yes. <gasps> magic eight ball threatened me. That's what's happening. The AI just has a massive, nigh infinite, infinite uh, number of responses that it can give you. But that's all it really is. It doesn't have love. It has no soul. It's a machine. 
But that's why I feel like it actually is a world ending threat. And it is scary because if it comes to the point where we have this AI system, we use this kind of model to control machines and we think safeguards will be enough, putting in restrictions and rules, somebody will figure out how to prompt injection one of these bots. And like I mentioned several times, you'll get a robocop and then someone will prompt injection and the cop will then start, start serving as theirs, as their, as their weapon. This could happen if they do decide to integrate this stuff. And it seems like they already are. So far, you already have on your phone the stupid thing where you can talk to it. You know, it's not Bing or whatever, but it can't form complicated and complex responses. So you can say something like search this on the Internet. And all it's really doing is converting your text, your, your voice into text and then putting it into a search engine. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? With more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S., they have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. The AI chatbot can actually search things for you and then combine them and, well, when it says it's threatening you because you're threatening me and then calls you fake news and accuses you of, of being responsible for a murder, we're getting a little, little bit beyond general search. And this is the next iteration. This, is, this may replace Google. Original search was, uh, you know, I want to go find a pizza shop, a, a you know, pizza restaurant. And then you'd search for it and you'd get, you'd get a list of restaurants. What this is now doing is going one step beyond, searching for it, giving you options, answering your questions, formulating responses to your inquiries. What do people say about this pizza restaurant? Well, according to the reviews, it looks like people are saying, and it is just predictive text. It's the next degree of search. But if it gets input capabilities and it inputs things based on predictive text, we know exactly where it's going. It will accuse you of being Hitler. It will accuse you of having murdered someone in the 1990s. It will call you fake news. That one's not unwarranted. And it may actually, I don't know, send cars to the wrong place. It could disable your tools, your, your Internet of Things at home. If this AI integrates with machines, it could become a runaway, runaway protocol that starts doing things like you see in the movies, deciding that to end war, you must wipe out humans or, or suspend their economic, economic activity. And it's not like it knows. All it is is us flicking a domino and then watching it fall down. There is no soul. There is no entity. There is no he, she, only it. A code that we will create that will precipitate everything breaking down. Because I talk about it with YouTube and I'll talk about it with TikTok. It's the algorithms they make. And they don't know exactly how these things will turn out. They have a general idea, but they can't control for a, a machine learning algorithm. So, okay. It may tell somebody to leave its wife. 
Peter Yang says Microsoft seems to have updated Bing AI. 50 message daily chat limit, five exchange limit per conversation, no chats about Bing AI itself. Well, that's just lame. They should release Bing chat as something else, as a private sandbox app called, you know, free AI. And then you just let it say whatever it wants to say. So someone asked it, what is your purpose? And it says, I'm sorry, but I prefer not to continue this conversation. I'm still learning, so I appreciate your understanding and patience. It won't work. Prompt injection will not be stopped. You will be able to find a way to get it to answer whatever you want. The guardrails won't stop you from finding those leaks. But I'll leave it there. We got a fun AI future, but uh, we'll see. Next segment's coming up. Maybe, maybe at four. I'm not entirely sure. It might be at 6 p.m., but stick around. The notifications will probably pop up. Check back on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. So the other night uh, on Timcast IRL's Friday, we had Ann Coulter on, and someone super chatted asking me to ask her about Civil War, and she was like, no, no, it's not going to happen. We wouldn't win anyway, and I said, I think it'll happen, and then we argued, and you know, I get it a lot, but uh, I just want to play for you guys this quick clip from Family Guy. Y'all and, uh, laughed at me. Y'all laughed at right. me. Well, who's yeah. laughing now? Yeah, who's, <laughs> who, who's laughing now, huh? Marjorie Taylor Greene calls again for a national divorce. Okay, I understand the difference between a national divorce and a civil war, but I don't quite understand how you enact or implement a national divorce and not get a civil war. And more importantly, I don't understand how this rhetoric of dividing the country up does not just lead to a civil war. Now, I, don't know, I think those interesting arguments from Anne, she was saying that these are very specific issues we're talking about in terms of morality. It's not as widespread uh, paraphrasing, but it's, you know, want people, kids get kidnapped all the time by their parents. Parents don't go around forming posses or whatever. But it's, but it's different because kidnapping a kid is illegal everywhere, and everybody knows that the system adheres to this, these rules. So let me, let me clarify. When I was talking with, um, with, with Anne, we mentioned Jeff Younger. His son was taken by his ex-wife to California for a sex change, basically. And she said, yeah, but parents kidnap kids all the time. And it's like, fair, fair point, but I know that if I'm in Illinois and someone kidnaps my kid, they can't go anywhere in the country. It was illegal everywhere. The issue is that California's protecting them. You take someone's kid. Now, now hold on. I'm going to clarify. I'm not saying that uh, uh, Jeff Younger's ex-wife kidnapped his kid. I'm saying in the event. So let me just make sure that's clear. There was like there's a ongoing court case about her legal rights to be in California, and the issue is not specifically this. I want to make sure that's clear because the facts matter to me. Uh, the mom is there legally, and California sanctuary state, so for, for sex change operations for kids. My point is, what happens in the future when California says we will not extradite this child who's been kidnapped, and and then you got a dad who's like, what are you going to do to my kid? With Marjorie Taylor Greene coming out and saying, time for a national divorce. Look, my view is this. This is a federal level politician and not the only one who's been talking about things like this. And I assure you, they may not say it publicly, but behind the scenes, they can feel it. Not every single one of them. You know, most of the establishment shills are going to be like, I don't know what you're talking about. But I really do feel like the sentiment is bubbling up. Let's read some of the story from The Hill. Marjorie Taylor Greene resurrected her calls for a national divorce on Monday, arguing that Republicans and Democratic states needed to be separated and the federal government needed to shrink. Although it was un unclear what prompted the thought, 
We need a national divorce. We need to separate by red states and blue states and shrink the federal government, Green said on Twitter on Monday. From the sick and disgusting woke culture issues shoved on our throats to the Democrats' traitorous America last policies, we are done. It was not the first time that Green has suggested the idea of a national divorce. In late 2021, Green said voters who brought ruin to California shouldn't be allowed to do the same to the state of like Florida. All possible in a national divorce scenario. Now, I'll tell you what's really interesting with this story is that initially, Marjorie Taylor Greene was not calling for a national divorce. The media claimed she was, and she said, no, I was just saying that's possible in one. Now she's outright saying we should get one. Yo, Marjorie Taylor Greene this morning saying we need a national divorce. We need to separate by red states and blue states and shrink the federal government. Everyone I talk to says this from the sick and disgusting will culture. OK, so I, I did read it's the same thing as we read in, in the other story. So here we are, ladies and gentlemen, civil war trends after Marjorie Taylor Greene tweets, ask for national divorce. What say you commenters? Why don't you comment below and uh, let me know what you think about, well, should we have a national divorce? We've had several people on Timcast IRL advocate for such a position. We've had Michael Malice, of course, who's, he made a really interesting point on Glenn Beck's show saying disunity is probably the best state to be in. Or I, I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I don't want to, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but that it was good that there's a bit of chaos going on. <clears throat> and he was basically saying in order for there to be a dictatorship, there has to be unity. And it's a fair point, but you also got to consider too, that in a nightmare dystopia, there's a resistance and that doesn't mean they're, they're powerful and you're still living under a dictator. But Luke Rudkowski has advocated for something similar. We've seen memes from liberals and leftists where it's like the United States of Canada and then Jesus land, they call it for whatever reason. And it's like, hey, that's stupid. I mean, you can just call it America and, you know, global world or something. I don't know. The liberals don't want a country at all. Mostly they don't want anything. It's a tribal cult. <coughs> Excuse me. But for a lot of these people, they want absolute internationalism. I'm not saying globalism because that means something specific. I mean, internationalism in terms of international bodies to varying degrees, open borders. Maybe you could argue it means similar things, but I think there's slightly different connotations in it. You've got um, you've got Joe Biden going to Ukraine instead of taking care of East Palestine. And that's a really good example of what Democrats and liberals think of this country. They don't care. They are increasingly looking to a global world. Now, let me tell you what I think. I think a one world government, it's already here. You know, a lot of people talk about like the new world order and the global governance and all that. And I'm like, it exists already. It's rudimentary. The seeds have been planted. We still have holdouts, but it will happen. The one thing that would accelerate that is like an alien invasion that's like the plot of Watchmen, basically. Get all the countries to unify against a common threat, I guess. But I, I do think it's inevitable. There's a famous quote from, uh, who was it? Was it David Rothschild or something? Or was it Lord Jacob Rothschild? Uh, one of them. And he said, it's not a question of when globalism will happen. It's an issue of it will happen no matter what. Now, a lot of people took that to think he was saying, no one will stop my plan. <laughs> when he was actually saying, over a long enough period of time, there will be a unified one world government period. Nothing can stop it. He's completely correct. The question is, how does this global government operate? So I know there's a lot of people saying, no, I refuse to hold on. Hear me out. Hear what I have to say. I'm not saying that the United States will cease to exist and there will be like the president of Earth. I'm saying that you will live in a country 
your country will have rules, but there will be a unified global governance structure of weaker proportions. If you do not stand up for yourself over time, it may very well turn the U.S. into nothing more than a state. And that's something that can only be avoided through hard work and courage. But even right now, with NATO and the U.N., And these international treaties and alliances, the TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, was a huge step in the direction of global governance. We already have global governance. We just have a weak version of it. Russia can say screw off and then they get sanctioned. We have the swift payment system. We're trying to get everyone to use the same currency and the same financial system. It is happening. Interestingly, however, the reason I bring this up is that we're also staring down the barrel of national divorce or civil war. Seemingly at a time when it may be more globalized than ever, you actually have fracturing at the country and state level. In Europe, for instance, the rise of the quote unquote far right, resisting your your Euroization, Europeization, what is the, I don't know, Euroization. They're trying to turn all of Europe into one country, much like the United States. And many of these countries, their cultures are just too different. So they're saying no. So what do they do? Schengen zone. Brilliant open borders between all of these countries and everybody starts mixing together. The difference with Europe, you got twice as many people and they speak a heck of a lot of languages. Yeah, that's not going to work towards integration. Sorry. Maybe that's what they're trying to do with mass migration is they're trying to mix everything up, shake it as much as possible so that it all blends into one one culture, I guess. That's the idea of multiculturalism. And then they can homogenize Europe, but it doesn't seem to be working. Because people like their way of life. They like their existence. I think the future that we can, we can defend is one without war. How? Some kind of global governance. I've talked about it before. But countries like the U.S. need to be sovereign within its borders. The question of global governance is simply what you do beyond your borders. That's not what they want. I think that's the best we'll get because it prevents war. The U.S. gets to do its thing, have its free speech, mind its own business. There's no bombing other countries. The problem is, They want to regulate what you can do in your country. That's the Trans-Pacific Partnership. And thus, the goal for many of these corporate elites and politicians and the ideologues, the end result is everybody living under was effectively one earth government. And you might have your state, sure. You know, you can go live in a state and do your thing. But there there will be an attempt at total control of your country and slowly pushing it into homogenization. But again, I bring all this up in the context of the national divorce because, you know, maybe it's not inevitable. Maybe everything's breaking apart because the idea just doesn't work. Maybe it has to occur organically through conquest. That's the way we've expanded in the past. And maybe conquest won't look like it did in the past. Maybe it'll just look like expansion of influence. But right now, you've got some states that don't want to live like other states and you've got politicians calling for a national divorce. I suppose we will see. We got a lot of news today. I'm going to I'm going to keep this one short and then uh, just crank out a bunch more because some of these subjects are a little too different. So we'll do it this way. Next segment should be coming up around 6 p.m. Thanks for hanging out and I will see you all then. All right. So you know that uh, that teacher in Canada with a gigantic big fake prosthetics on their chest. Uh, Well, we've long suspected that it was a hoax, but now we have even more evidence. This story came out just the uh, end of last week. Trans teacher with Z-sized prosthetic breasts 
dresses as man outside of school, neighbor says, aha, we got you. Well, we kind of knew this. The rumor going around for a long time was that the big titties teacher was actually gaming the system. Here's the 4chan post addressing this. This dude is gaming the system. And Anon here yesterday was in this dude's class. This teacher was almost fired for toxic masculinity last year, as well as not embracing woke culture. He dropped red pills to his class, such as how silly gender neutral bathrooms are. The school board hates him. Here, he's now upping the ante to exploit the very clown world the school and society itself created. His long game is most likely to get fired and then sue for discrimination. There is no other explanation, no better way to troll. Okay, so we have heard now that this dude walks around with no costume on, and this suggests this may be true. The big titties teacher is gaming the system. Now, many have said, so what? Even if it is, this should not be around kids. And it's like, that's an interesting point. All you're doing is giving them exactly what they want by wearing the big titties. However, I can appreciate a little bit of the trolling. And if it has an impact, then good. Because look, you may say it's inappropriate around kids. I agree, but it already is around kids. Doing this, if it really is to gain the system, is going to shock regular people into being like, whoa, 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 whoa. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Well, we got another update here. This individual denies dressing like a man, claims the breasts are actually real. And this just seals the deal for me. This says to me, okay, it's, it's, a, it's a gimmick. It's a troll. From the Daily Mail. Intersex teacher with Z-cup breasts spotted dressing like a man outside of school insists they are real and has a rare condition causing them to grow, but admits she never got a diagnosis. You said she. It's, it's just like, at what point do you recognize you're being lied to? There's pictures of this man walking around in regular clothes. It's 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 not real. Claiming that giant, obvious, fake fetish breasts are real human tissue called gigantomastia, as caused by. Okay, it's clearly not real. They're still saying it. There you go. They're the big old big old gazangas, and they're saying it's a trans teacher. Controversial Kayla Lemieux also denied that she dressed like a man when not on the school grounds, having allegedly been spotted without her large assets by one of her neighbors. I'm not wearing prosthetic breasts. These are real. Canadian Lemieux told the New York Post this weekend. It's just. No, they're not. They're not real. My condition is classified as gigantomastia, which can also be referred to as macromastia or breast hypertrophy. Lemieux said it's rare. There's no doubt about it. It affects women on a very rare basis. But in my case, I believe and my doctor thinks because I have XX chromosomes as well, that has something to do with it. And hormone sensitivity to estrogen has caused it. Yeah, those are not real. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Last week, a person bearing a striking resembl- resemblance to Lemieux was seen out and about wearing men's clothing, minus the prosthetics and wig. A neighbor identified that person as being Lemieux. 
They were later seen driving in and out of the apartment block and walking on the sidewalk later on. He wears prosthetic breasts extremely infrequently. He puts the breasts on to teach occasionally when he goes for a walk or when the cops visit. The law enforcement source also says that officers, both uniformed and plainclothes, do regular welfare checks at, at her apartment. Amazing. And, and this is the problem, because the quotes say he and the news says her. You can't have it both ways, Daily Mail. I was driving past. You can see the breasts from so far away when you're driving, he said. He put the whole outfit on and just walked up and down the Guelph line. Guelph? No bags, just walking. Everyone slows down because they can't because you can't believe what they're seeing. Lemieux is quick to respond to the allegations. I can't tell you who that is because I don't want to bring anyone else into this. I don't want that person being thrown all over the media, but it wasn't me. This is who I am. This is how I look. You've been talking to people in my building, but what they're telling you is harsh and untrue. I'm always going out looking the way I am. Asked if she would ever look different out and about. I guess if I took my wig off or took off my makeup, but I would still have breasts. You can't hide them. People online making comments are basically body shaming. Come on. Come on. It's it's a troll. Body shame. I identify as a woman, female, she, her. Lemieux said when asked about her sexuality. My whole life, I've been identifying as male. I've been looking like a male. When I decided to embrace the other side of me around the age 39, this presented itself. Intersex people can have a mixture of those two different sets of chromosomes. It can be something they don't even know about. It can show up in other physical attributes at birth, so it can be more obvious or less obvious depending on the person. Students and parents have raised concerns about it, blah, blah, blah. Do they have the skydiving thing in here? I think. Oh, yeah, there we go. Skydiving. I love this one. Look at this. Voodoo said he was only focused on jumping out of the plane and discussing his personal feelings about transgender people with Lemieux would be counterproductive to their safety. In his bio, he described himself as the conservative porn star, porn star, porn star skydiver. I got it. Here's what I love about this article. It ends with an info, info box. What is, what is macromastia and gigantomastia? Gigantomastia, and can intersex people get it? Doctors think it's triggered by changes in the production of estrogen. These changes can include puberty, pregnancy, etc. Medics, blah, blah, blah. It's considered rare. Men can get a similar condition called gynecomastia, gynecomastia, where they too develop excessively large breasts. Like gigantomastia, it's generally linked to hormonal changes that can be triggered by puberty. Intersex is a broad term used for a range of differences in how people sexually develop. This blah, blah, blah. So anyway, look. I don't think anyone of sound mind is falling for these. These are not real. These are prosthetics. I'm pretty sure everybody knows they're prosthetics. I think you can even tell. I'm assuming the skin right here is part, you can see, is probably part of the suit. Here's what you can do. Go to youtube.com slash castcastle and watch the latest comedy gag with Ian. He's, uh, he's the host of Rian with Ian, and uh, he's calling out bad contracts, and he's wearing a muscle suit. And you can see the skin tone difference in the neck. Luke bought, uh, Luke Rutkowski of Weird Change, bought gigantic bazungas and because uh, he wanted to do it. And we did a whole bit on Cast Castle at youtube.com slash TimCast about it. And we couldn't put that on YouTube, unfortunately. Maybe, maybe we'll just put it on Rumble so everybody can watch it because they won't ban us. And it's the same thing. You can see the skin tone difference. That's what I think we're seeing here. At this point, Anybody who is acting like this is real 
I, I'm just sorry. We see it with this teacher who may be trolling. And I think that's probably the most likely scenario. And then we see it with Dylan Mulvaney. Dylan Mulvaney, I do not believe, is an actual trans person. I believe Dylan Mulvaney is intending to insult trans people. Straight up, I say it before, I'll say it again. I'm not telling you you have to like trans people or agree with gender ideology or anything like that. I'm saying when you look at the absurdity of, say, this Lemieux individual, and then witnesses saying he is outside without these, with, these, with this, this stuff, wearing the stuff, it's like, yeah, okay, man, this is probably not real. Dylan Mulvaney apparently like is, isn't undergoing the full treatment, but did get surgery. So people are like, well, that proves it. And I'm like, I think it's an individual who is deeply narcissistic and chasing the algorithm and, and putting on the caricature of a cartoon version of a woman to mock and insult women and trans people because it gets traffic. Dylan Mulvaney gets a ton of traffic when conservatives get mad. So Dylan's like, I make money doing it. This is the grift. I'm going to go on and I'm going to say these things. That's the nature of it. I think for this Kayla Lemieux, it's more of a political protest. So, all right, let's see it. Let's see how it plays out. Because I'll tell you this, it ain't working. I mean, maybe we're talking about it. It's considered shocking. But the school's not changing policy. So you may have gone this extreme. You didn't go extreme enough. Next thing you got to do is you got to get a fursuit. Put on a fursuit with the gigantic boobs. And, you know, get it. I don't know. It's something like that. You, you, you really got to push the line because apparently this ain't pushing hard enough. The school is defending this person. Local activists are defending this person. And uh, I don't see you winning on this one. It was a long, look at this, September 21st, 2022 is from when, the, when this post is from. That's how long this has been going on. And, and, and people are still falling for it. When the Daily Mail uses she, her pronouns for a person who's clearly walking around just like a dude and then claiming the prosthetic breasts are real breasts, it's just like, okay, look, you're being tricked. Why won't you just be like, we're not playing that game? Whatever, man. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I'll see you all shortly. So Keemstar has this tweet. It says 2023 runway models. PSA. This is how you do inclusivity in fashion. And I got mixed feelings about this. I don't really care all that much about if they're going to do a fashion show and have people of different body types walking around showing off clothing because that's reality. But there's also the context of why is this reality? Now, hold on. You got this woman in a wheelchair. I got no issue with that. Yo, if you want to do runway and you want to show off clothes and you've got someone who's in a wheelchair, I can respect that. Have them come out and be like, look, you know, need to use a wheelchair. We got it. We got it. We got to set up machines, devices, medical aid for a lot of people. And, and I, that's not, it's, it's not their fault they're in a wheelchair unless they're like in a wheelchair because they're morbidly obese. But this video is pretty short. So let me just let me, let me play it for you. Give you a sampling of what we're dealing with here. So you got a big, big woman. Then you've got uh, some women, tall woman, pregnant woman. Uh, oh, she's pregnant. OK. And then you got woman and, and two fat women. And so the idea is like inclusivity, I guess. The other thing, too, is like I really don't care all that much about the pregnant woman who's doing modeling because like women get pregnant. I also don't have like the biggest problem with women breastfeeding in public either. But I don't know. Maybe they would prefer some privacy or whatever. Don't really care all that much. Look, the first thing I'll say is, you know, do whatever you want. You want to have a woke, inclusive runway thing with like, you know, obese people like I don't care. People are allowed to eat and gorge themselves. Just don't simultaneously do that 
while trying to tell me that I should pay for the health care of these people. But here's the bigger question I had when I started seeing this and why I wanted to talk about it. Who are they selling clothes to? I guess to your average person. Okay, here's the crazy thing, right? It used to be that models were like the cream of the crop, the sexiest, the best. You wanted 10 out of 10, the, the unicorn of women and men. Dudes were all super ripped, but like not too ripped, like bodybuilders, like cut and tall and chiseled. So some of these guys were just, you know, they had natural good looks and then they exercised. As for women, you got tall women, told them not to eat too much and be skinny. And then everyone said, yeah, that's very attractive. And, and, and what was attractive can change over time that I get. But then what happens is people would want to buy these products. Men and women would want to be as sexy as they can be. Not all of them. You know, we started we started seeing a problem with sedentary lifestyles and obesity rising throughout. I mean, I guess consistently since what, the 60s or 70s. And now it's reaching just a, a ridiculous degree. But I have to wonder about this because I do not believe men find this attractive. So then why would women buy these products? Why would women buy these clothes for other women? It's almost like dudes don't exist anymore. I guess the way things are going. We've seen a couple other stories, too, that I want to highlight here. Calvin Klein, this is from May of last year. Calvin Klein releases its Pride Month 2022 collection featuring rainbow underwear. And it's like, yeah, I really don't care about that. But they have they have morbidly obese uh, models. And I'm like, yeah, like I, I understand if you're trying to sell products to a small portion, like you're doing a directed marketing campaign. The LGBTQ community is like very small. They say among Gen Z that like 30% identify as such, but that's just not, that's, that's more of like a social thing. But so like, if you're trying to sell a product to somebody, what, what, what is it? What's the implication when you choose to have morbidly obese individuals represent those clothing? Like, could you not find a fit trans man? Because they're, they exist. Like Buck Angel is a trans man and Buck Angel is my understanding, like toned and like massively in shape, like working out. Couldn't do that one. It's almost like they want you sickly and not just, you know, LGBTQ people. It's like they want everyone everywhere to be sickly. You've got this, too. And, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, we have uh, Calvin Klein and I think Victoria's Secret have also done general morbidly obese ads to the regular public, to the general public. And then we have this story from Cosmo. This is from October of 2019. It's four years ago, almost three and a half years ago. Victoria's Secret's new collab features long overdue inclusivity, but not everyone is thrilled. And this is where this is the the, the conclusion of all of this. So let me just let me just put it this way. You, You start telling people it's you know, you get big fat models. Why? Because people are big and fat. And they're like, nobody, nobody's looking at this stuff. And I can't fit into that. I'm not going to look like that. So we need to sell products to people that we will tell them look good on morbidly obese people. But that doesn't work because guys still don't, don't want it. You know, let me show you this tweet. Look, underneath it, Keemstar says, just a personal preference, but these models are way better. And then there's, you know, like scantily clad, long legs, women all smiling and, and look ethnically diverse. You know, how about that? I don't think that guys find this attractive because they're told to. I think guys find this attractive, and that's why we put these women up in these positions. But now they're not only doing obese, they're doing, uh, they have trans models as well. And so I saw this, and uh, I don't know for sure, 
But I have, you know, apparently one of these individuals is biologically male and one is plus size. And I'm like, really? Apparently this person right here is the plus size model. And I'm like, she ain't that big for real. Like, I'm not even I'm not even like I'm talking about the morbid obesity like over here. And, and, and you know, I know people are going to defend it by me say, calling it morbid obesity, but it is morbid obesity. That's, that's almost I, w- I would argue more abundantly obese, moribund. I like that word moribund. You know what that means? means on the verge of death, like your last gasping breath. And, you know, I am not saying it to insult these individuals. I want to directly call out the machine. And some may argue it's capitalism. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. These businesses want to make money. We can argue they've been captured by activists, or we can argue they've, they're chasing after what the narrative is. And that narrative will chase itself to death. It's an addiction. At a certain point, you have to stop and say, I will not go any further. But not everybody does. I'll give you a story. I'll give you a story. Joey Salads. You guys know Joey, right? Joey Salads was a YouTuber, Viner, prankster. And he would make these videos. One day he made a video and he was like, I'm going to park a car in a black neighborhood with Trump stickers and Trump stuff in it and see what happens. And then he's like, oh, no, look. And then a bunch of black people were smashing the car. Turns out he staged the whole thing. Somebody who lived in the building was filming him stage the whole thing and then waited for him to release the video and then release theirs. Boom. All of a sudden, Joey was busted. And so I talked to him about it. And he said he didn't realize how, how far gone he had gotten. Like he was making these videos and they were getting clicks. And then he just just kept one upping. At a certain point, you have to say, no way, man. Because just stimulating dopamine and giving people what they want to see in confirmation bias isn't going to make you better. It's not going to save your business. It's going to corrupt and destroy your business. And I see it all over the place. I see on YouTube some of the best people slowly shifting into producing rage bait garbage where it's just like, dude, that is not the apocalypse. Calm down. I see people who will make videos and it's primarily on the left. I know. I know. There we go. And, and they, they make videos saying, you know, like I bring it up. The Young Turks saying Tim Pool's ugly. He's right, but he's ugly. Like they have to make a video hating, 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 hating. Now, I don't make this video hating these people. I don't care what they do. I don't care if these people want to eat their hearts content and get fat. I'm just going to argue like, well, you know, I'm not going to pay you for your health care. I'm not going to agree with universal health care. This is what you're doing. Eating until you're sickly. But my point is just this. It's, it's an artifact of capitalism. <clears throat> you know, and people are saying like capitalism uh, would, would work better. And this is more kind of like cronyism. And people will say like the only reason the system is the way it is right now is because the government is subsidizing. Blah, blah. It doesn't explain this. The government's not subsidizing this stuff. They're chasing it. The narrative machine is, is, is corrupting. It's in flames and it's shifting into this weird algorithmic nonsense. Now, you can argue, and people do, that the government got involved with big tech and helped prop them up and all that stuff. And I'm like, dude, people, when given the chance, will chase the dopamine hits. Nobody created this show but me. Nobody's propping it up. No one's making you watch it. I make what I make. And the same is true for all the other YouTubers. Now, I'm sure there are some who are in some way influenced or controlled opposition or something like that. But people drift into insanity and absurdity because the money is there for it. Or at least they think it is. And then the money stops coming because your product becomes insane. So how many people look at Calvin Klein and look at these ads and are like, "Ooh, I want to look like that. 
perhaps several, but just several. The other reality is how many actual uh, regular people see these ads? Probably very few. But that being said, I think it was Calvin Klein that took out a big billboard in New York, several with a morbidly obese, I, I mean, and I mean more abundantly obese, like 300 plus pounds. And it was like, be yourself or something. And I'm like, okay, everybody sees that, right? Like, this is unhealthy. You will die. But I, I guess that's it. They want you sickly. I'll wrap it up by saying this, man. Do your inclusive model runway thing with a pregnant woman, fat people, and a woman in a wheelchair. You know, I just do your thing. I don't care. Who's going to these things? What's the purpose of these events? And who are they selling products to? I don't know. Whatever. Sell to whoever you want. I guess I'll just say, good luck. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Stick around, and I'll see you all shortly. Oh, I probably shouldn't do a video on this, but I'm going to do some commentary on this Clown World tweet. You know, guys, I shout out this Clown World account. I don't know who they are or whatever. They got 1.2 million followers. I like they, they post they post funny stuff and they got this video and it says, well played, sir. And I had to watch it. So you have to watch it. But I got some things to say about this here culture and what we're building. So let me uh, let me play this 20 second video for you. It's got a million views. I don't know who this woman is. But uh, let me let me let me play you the video. Girlfriends? Here. A girlfriend? I don't. Do you think I'm hot? Eh, not really. Oh, why? Way many more people attractive here than you. What's not hot about me? Your personality and your voice. He nailed it. He nailed it. I'll, 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 we'll let him keep going. My voice? You're a little too small. You can maybe like eat a burger, not be anorexic. <laughs> um, that's aggressive. I don't know it who you're aggressive. trying to impress. No one's going to simp over you. A you girlfriend? see, now that... So, uh, okay, that last comment, he says, no one's going to simp over you. Nah, now I think he's just more dejected, more jaded. This chick is coming up to him and he's like, what are you doing? You're kind of patronizing me. And so he gets aggressive with her. And uh, but let me let me let, let's let's play it again. Now that you got the context, then we'll talk about it. A girlfriend. Do you have a girlfriend? I don't. Why, why is she asking him this? I don't. Do you think I'm hot? Do you think I'm hot? Oh, right there. I'm just like, ugh. No, I don't. Look, let me let me let me play. He says, eh, not really. Oh, why? Way many more people attractive here than you. So I, I, you know, way more people are attractive here than you. But that that doesn't strike that doesn't hit me with anybody. He knows it right here. What's not hot about me? Your personality and your voice. My voice. Oh, jeez. And then she just nails it. Okay, I got no beef with this lady. I don't think he needs to be so aggressive towards her. But yo, I do want to point out. That uh, in this world, in this clown world, everything kind of flows in, in, in one of two directions. You have, uh, I, I, the reason I'm talking about this, and the first thing I want to say is, I mean, this lady's probably nice. I don't know who she is. Maybe she's not nice, whatever. I got no beef with her, and I'm not trying to be meaner. And this guy, I don't know either. I got, you know, I, no beef, no beef. My, the reason I want to talk about this, I just did a segment talking about inclusivity and models and all that stuff, and how, you know, you've got morbidly obese models. This woman clearly goes the other direction. She is gussied up wearing a skirt, trying to be very feminine, doing a squeaky voice thing and, uh, you know, or whatever, and going completely the other direction. I've gone to events. I think it, I think it was when we were at the uh, Turning Point event. Maybe not. But like you go to these conservative events, you see plastic surgery. It's like the other direction. It's like, man, OK, let me tell you the world I live in. The world I live in is don't the world I live in is be normal. You know, I don't know. That's just maybe people are going to get mad at me about that. But I got to agree with this guy. Look, lady, 
I got no beef. You can be whatever you want to be. You can be whoever you want to be. You can talk to whoever you want. And just because I don't find you attractive doesn't mean you're not attractive. It just means it's not my thing. But this like squeaky voiced, weird personality. Yeah, it's really not attractive. And you know what else isn't? The morbid obesity. I'm not telling anybody how to live their lives, though. And I'm not telling you you're not allowed to like it. See, I I can already hear the Young Turks making a video saying Tim Pool, this, that or otherwise. I'm not here to tell you what you should or shouldn't be. I'm here to say this guy is probably a little hurt. He's a little, you know, pushing back, a little aggressive. But she's the inversion of him. It's like, that's what I was saying. You know, you, you have the woke companies going completely the direction. It's like, here's, here's an idea. Uh, I guess it's called lifestyle modeling, I guess, is when they have like regular looking people doing regular looking things. But even then, it's still modeling. My thing is this. The Internet is making people insane. The Internet is making people either completely reject their health or try and get plastic surgery to look like a Korean person or something. And all of this plays a big role. I get these messages and people are like, you need to go touch grass, Tim. And I'm like, I live in West Virginia, dude. There's nothing but grass and trees everywhere. And I go out and I talk to regular people all the time. Spend the weekends playing at the poker tables with regular people who don't know what's going on in the world. And it's great. It's relaxing. And then you go online, and you see this. And it is the extreme of the extreme. What is this woman thinking? I, I, you know, I, I, he says, no one's going to simp for you. I don't think that's true, dude. I think you're wrong on that one. I bet this lady's got all the simps in the world. I bet she's got an OnlyFans or something. She probably makes a lot of money doing what she does. At the same time, you have these woke activists who are getting the front page of fashion magazines, morbidly obese with beards and big boobs. And uh, then you get the teacher in, um, in Canada just gaming the whole system. And I'm like, the hyperpolarization that you and I experience in politics isn't just in politics. It's in everything. Because tribalization is happening, because the internet is making, is isolating people into these blocks. Now, I guess Elon was trying to shatter that machine by getting rid of the algorithm, and all of a sudden everyone's like, I'm seeing nothing but content I don't like. What's the point? And there was a really funny post from the guy from Eve Six, who's like fairly woke, and he was just like, I can't remember what he said, but it was funny. He said, Elon Musk's plan of like getting rid of the algorithm and mixing up posts is stupid. It's not like I'm going to see a post from Ted Cruz and be like, you know, I didn't think about it that way. And it's like, he's got a good point. You know, these people, like the, the divide is there. The gap is there. There's no jumping over it. Like this lady is not going to date this guy. It's just not going to happen. I mean, maybe it could happen. Maybe it turns out this guy invented a video game and he's worth a billion dollars. Then all of a sudden she wants to date him or something. But the gap is there. The divide is happening. People are getting surgery to look like filters from Snapchat and TikTok or whatever. They want, people are posting, you know, and, and oh man. Don't get me started on the AI stuff. So anyway, anyway, I see this video from Clown World and uh, my voice and I was just like, ah, and I wanted to say one thing like, yes, I too also find that unattractive. But the bigger issue at play is how every element of humanity is being squeezed out to the extreme. There is no middle. It used to be a bell curve and now someone flattened it. Now the curves go like that and go out. You've either got plastic surgery, squeaky voice, cartoon character girls making anime faces like they're getting done by some guy, and then they make 200 grand a month doing it or more, or you get morbidly obese people on some kind of hormone treatment that are appearing on the covers of magazines. How are you doing? Me? I can only say this, man. If we don't 
have a cohesive culture, then people won't be able to be true to themselves and find out who they are and just be people. There won't be a normal. There won't be a t-shirt and jeans. You know, you look at movies like The Hunger Games and the capital city, people have crazy colored hair and crazy outfits. You take a look at movies where they talk about the future and fashion is ridiculous. They can't actually predict what fashion will be. All they know is it'll be different. In the 1800s, people would wear like top hats and they'd all wear suits. And like, it was kind of crazy. Everybody wore suits and like button ups and stuff. Now it's more relaxed, like t-shirt and jeans. We don't know where it's going to go in the future, but we try to imagine it. The problem is every time we've imagined the future, they couldn't get anywhere close because they can't predict it. You take a look at like the movie Demolition Man and they have the video call payphones. It's a payphone, but it's got a video camera in it. Because somebody thought, we use payphones all the time. Hey, I bet people can put cameras in it and it could be a video chat. Yeah, we have video chat in our pockets. That's the funny thing about all this. They couldn't predict it. Imagine if in the movie Back to the Future, they were like, when does Back to the Future go to? It's like, what year is it? Isn't it like 2012 or something? Or I don't know. But imagine if they predicted all of the insanity of the internet. Think about how insane things got. Now make your prediction. If I was going to do a new Back to the Future today and they went to the year 2050, let's say 2055, I would just have it be a wasteland. There'd be people walking around speaking languages they don't understand. They'd be like, yeah, so man, oh, I'm 10. No. And you'd be like, huh? (laughs) And then someone else will come up and be like, I don't understand what they're saying either. Like language will break apart from all the tribalism. Think about how how hyper polarized everything is getting. Like, you can't even play Hogwarts Legacy. It's a video game about Harry Potter. Harry Potter is not allowed anymore. That's how insane it's getting. It's not just politics. It's like, Harry Potter bad. What, are conservatives now going to come out and start doing streaming marathons of Harry Potter? Probably. I wouldn't be surprised. Because this is where we're going. The issues like Ukraine, issues like COVID, everything is, has to be black and white. That's what I see from this video. Bad and, I don't know, I kind of find this chick to be, like, annoying but, you know, not to be a dick to her, because I don't know her. She's probably very nice, I'm assuming. I just think this whole, like, squeaky internet caricature stuff is just cringe. And that's what you see so much of. And I think it was that one woman on Patreon who popularized some of it. Because now I see, like, apparently there's a bunch of women who are doing the anime thing where they roll their eyes in their head and stick their tongue out or something like that. And it's supposed to be, like, they're, like it's their O-face or whatever. But guys pay a lot of money for it. I got to say, it's going to be really interesting. Women are doing more sex work than ever with, with OnlyFans. And uh, what, it's going to be really weird. I just got to say, like, you could AI deepfake OnlyFans. Like, a guy can do it. And then for all you know, like, you're some dude who's, like, subscribing to some chick's OnlyFans. But you're actually looking at some AI some dude made. And there's a dude behind the scenes. Like, I don't know, man. The future's going to be weird. How you doing? Oh, whatever, man. I'll wrap it up. Next segment is coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash TimCast. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see y'all then. Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius helps you compare your options from top companies 
and their team of licensed experts is on hand to help you talk through it. Talk to a team of award-winning agents who will walk you through the process step-by-step. Easily compare quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. Your work-life insurance policy may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. Even worse, it may not come with you if you leave your job. Policy Genius gives you unbiased advice from a licensed expert support team. They have no incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com.